0: Well, good morning, friends. The question is, do I still have you uh, or do I not? The reason I say that is because uh, everything here cut out for a minute, everything just uh, and then came right back on. But uh, you're you're saying you're here. Okay, well, I don't know what happened, but uh, something happened and if you're here, And you can see my face, my lovely, lovely face, and you can hear my voice. Um, Then I guess we're all copacetic, but everything went black for me for just a moment here. And it wasn't me that went black. I didn't black out, but all my screens, everything just shut down. Uh, But uh, here we are. Okay, so we're still going. Good. Well, this is live. This is not MemRex. This is not recorded. So anybody that's watching this as a recorded uh, feature, you just need to understand that uh, we do this live. It's not edited. It's not doctored. Well, other than me, uh, it's not doctored at all. It's uh, it's just raw, uh, daily spending time together with beautiful people. Uh, looking at God's word together, and uh, so that's what we're doing this morning. Looking at God's word together, and uh, uh, trying to understand what it what it means to us, what it means to the application of life. Uh, Don, uh, if you're there, maybe check and see. Uh, maybe other people aren't seeing it. I don't know. Uh, all I know is all my everything went in black for. Only just a few seconds, but uh, that can be just enough to, to make it so it doesn't show up there in Facebook and YouTube land. We are in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 13 and following, and uh, now we are uh, going to just jump right into that this morning here, since I've lost a little bit of time thinking about the technical issues. It says, therefore, therefore prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, this verse, a couple things. Some people want to make it all our responsibility. Or some people want to make it all God's responsibility. Some people want to say, well, it's all up to the Lord. Um, It's all the sovereignty of God. It's all the work of God. It's all... uh, it's all him. Well, if it's all him, then why do people like the Apostle Peter say here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. And Peter, more even more than Paul, Peter is the one who says this. And Peter lived with Jesus. Now, if you go back and you think about uh, perhaps the mentality, the wiring, the... Uh, personality of Peter uh, he might have been one that would write these things because he knew his own battle to be self-controlled he he knew his own battle to to just say things that uh, that perhaps would get him into trouble and so he is writing for people to be self-controlled, understanding he, even the struggle that that has been for him along the way perhaps. That is why the Holy Spirit uses Peter to write as Peter does and to write these very words because Peter's personality was such that that he was impulsive. Uh, And so he says it here. He'll say it again at the end of this book, 1 Peter chapter 5. He'll talk about being self-controlled again. But to be self-controlled, to prepare our minds for action. How do we, we prepare our minds for action? I think there are a few things that... That we need to do. One is, we need the uptake and the intake of the Word of God to help us be prepared. We we also need to learn to think critically. Uh, we also need to understand that that there will be challenges, there will be difficulties, there will be hardships, there will be um, there will be setbacks, there will be um, the attacks of the flesh, there will be the attacks of the enemy. Um, we just need to be prepared for that and not just kind of go, uh, be bopping into life thinking, Oh, now we're Christian. Everything will be cool. No, we have to prepare our minds for action. Then it says these words be self-controlled, some personality types if you were to compare the, the personality of the apostle Paul and do a, a personality assessment just through what he has written and people have done things like that, actually, uh, and figured out what type of personality Peter had, what type of personality Paul had. Uh, Paul might not have written as much about being self-controlled uh, because Paul perhaps had, was already predisposed to towards self-control, being the Pharisee of Pharisees that he had been prior to his conversion. Uh, Paul was was likely one that uh, you know practiced that that self-control. Uh, So that he could say say of himself, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. But for us to understand, we have a Christian responsibility of preparing our minds to think ahead, to know that trouble will come, to know that there will be problems, to know that we need to rely on the Lord, to know uh, that uh, the enemy is slippery and wily and Uh, devious and contemptuous and all these different things. So we prepare our minds for action knowing the type of spiritual battle that we will fight. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul will talk about that spiritual battle that we will fight. So to prepare our minds for action, to be ready for the action that we will need to take. It says prepare your minds for action and be self-controlled. Now, there's all kinds of uh, areas in which to be self-controlled. Uh, and some people, self-control comes much easier than others. My wife is an example of one that when she locks and loads her mind on something, she locks and loads her mind on something. She she has an ability to exercise great self-control. Me, on the other hand, not as much. Uh, when she sits down to her work, she is engrossed in it Uh, she is focused on it and uh diet uh, issues and things like that as we were away my body needed a little bit of a break from the keto and i took a break from it and uh, it's paying off as i've come back into the my keto lifestyle and uh, dropping weight again uh quite quite easily um and didn't really gain weight while i was away but but i was not uh uh I, I ate more of the things that I might have normally eaten on uh, on a non-diet type of thing. Nope, not my wife. Self-control, right down to it, you know, stayed right at it. For the most part, I think there was uh, one or two occasions. I think there was an occasion she allowed herself to have cheesecake, but she didn't have the crust. And uh, she has that ability. That is a difference between us. It comes more easily for her than for me. So, you know, how do you lean? What direction are you? Are you a person that has an ability to exercise great self-control when you set your mind to it? You just do it? Uh, or are you a person that that struggles more with self-control? Now, you might say uh, it depends on what the area is. Some people, when it comes to food, might say, I, I have no problem exercising self-control, none whatsoever. Others would say, oh, that's a big problem for me. Uh, Some might say exercising self-control when it comes to spending or online shopping or, you know, finding yourself uh, impulse buying. Um, So some people might be greatly self-controlled there, uh, other people not so self-controlled. It could be substances. It could be self-control when it comes to things like coffee or self-control when it comes to things like wine or Beer or uh, alcohol, uh, or it could be self-control when it comes to things like ice cream. Um, But self-control, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. And what about self-control as relates to things like um, having devotions? Uh, What about things like self-control, like going and getting some exercise? Uh, What about self-control when it comes to things like prayer? What about self-control when it comes to things like giving? Uh, There's all kinds of ways that we need to prepare our minds for action, all kinds of ways we need to be self-controlled. And then part of our preparing our minds for action, part of our being self-controlled that Peter goes on and talks about is setting our hope fully on the grace to be given uh, to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Uh, we don't have the fullness of grace yet. We don't have the fullness of our salvation quite yet. It is something that, that will be revealed. It is something that, that we will garner. It is something that we will gain when Jesus is revealed, we're talking the second coming of Christ. We're t- co- talking the um, uh, perhaps the rapture. Uh, when we see him at the rapture, I I do believe in the rapture. There are some who don't believe in the rapture, and uh, they they still believe in the second coming of Christ, just not a rapture. However, that pans out when we see Jesus whether it's at a rapture or at a second coming, either way, the the two are not the same, just for the the record, then we will know the fullness of grace. Then we will know the fullness of overcoming the flesh. Then we will will know the fullness of overcoming the world system. Even there, the idea of, of preparing our minds for action against the world system, we are called to live a different kind of life. And to be self-controlled, we are called to these things. And then it says in verse fourteen, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had, you live in ignorance. You know, and there are so many different evil desires that we can have that we would want to conform to. When we lived in in ignorance now, yours might be different than mine. They might be the same as mine. Um, uh, but but what are those evil desires? Again, it can go back to uh Uh, the abuse of substances. Uh, I I am one who holds the position that it is not wrong for a Christian to drink alcohol. Uh, It is wrong for a Christian to be drunk. Uh, It is wrong for a Christian to be controlled by alcohol, but it is also wrong for a Christian to be controlled by caffeine. Uh, It is also wrong for a Christian to be controlled by sugar. Uh, It is wrong for a Christian to be controlled by money. Uh, you know, it is wrong for a Christian to be controlled by hedonistic pleasure. Uh, and, and so we ask ourselves, what controls us? What evil desires might we have? Uh, you know, there, there could be people among us who, uh, and I don't know this, uh, this was not my lot in life, uh, who uh, the evil desire to be a swinger. Uh, and you know a swinger is not somebody that goes to the playground and sits on a swing. Um, but, but those types of evil desires, uh, that, that can control us. And, uh, and, um, I mean, there are television programs that, that will talk about people that have their, uh, their boyfriend, uh, their, and their girlfriend and they're a lesbian and, you know, they portray that as okay. Or, you know, the whole, the whole thing that gets portrayed or, um, Whatever it is, it simply says this, do not conform to the desires you had when you lived in ignorance, when you lived apart from Christ. And so the question would be, what is is that for you? You know, you don't have to put it in the comments. In fact, probably better that you don't put it in the comments unless it helps you to put it in the comments. But to think about what, what that area is for you and how to overcome that area. Verse 15 tells us the why. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. And verse 17, Since you call it a father who judges each man's work and partially live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. The question being, how much are we to live life differently than the world system? How much are we to live life differently than the world's structure? Um, we are called to be different, and uh, as I look around, sometimes at, at Christians, including self, sometimes it's like, okay, we'll we'll just live like the world around us. And uh, but how are we called to live differently? I think we are. Uh, I think we're called to live differently in altruism. Now, what is altruism? Altruism is in benevolence. Uh, altruism is in giving uh, uh, to to the aid, to the help of other people. An altruistic tendency is someone who, who tends to demonstrate that type of compassion for others in need. That's altruism. Uh, not to be bound up in greed, but to be uh, actually maybe bound up in giving uh, could be an example of of how we live our lives as strangers here in reverent fear. We, we fear the Lord. And we, 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 we're called to not live like the world. The things that are important to the world perhaps are things that should not be so important to us. Um, the world and wealth you know, that would be a great conversation. How, how a Christian handle wealth differently than a non-Christian? Sometimes there are some non-Christians who handle their wealth better than, than, than Christians who have means. Um, there are some non-Christians who are absolutely incredibly philanthropic, if I could use that word, um, and they give their means. Now, now, there are those of you that, that, Have done very well, and and I will tell you that, from my observation, you uh, you practice uh, you practice your faith, and I want to commend you for the way that you practice your faith. Um, But I I do engage some Christians that uh, you know they're going to hold on to every red cent of their money, red cents I guess being pennies, and uh, you know uh, they're not going to release it but that's an example of an area where we may live our lives as strangers. Any number of things that we might watch on the, on the television screen where we might live differently. Um, you know, the bar scene, uh, uh, our sexuality, uh, any number of different things where we would live as strangers here. Our language, our discourse our thought processes, the, the things that we dwell upon, the things that we meditate, the things that we contemplate, all of those things being things that uh, um, we will be different, the things that matter, the things of value. Do we value the eternal things more than we value the temporal things, the, uh, the, the things that limited in time? and in space, as opposed to those things not limited in time and space, which are the eternal things. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, I mean, God is not going to be partial. He's not going to go, well, you're going to pass, because he's just simply going to be impartial and say, this is my holiness, and, and I am going to judge you according to my holiness. Then he says this in verse 18, 4. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. I mean, Christ bought us with his own blood. And because Christ bought us with his own blood, we would want to live for him. It wasn't silver. It wasn't gold. It wasn't diamonds, it wasn't rubies. It was his own life, his own blood with which Jesus purchased us from God, with which he redeemed us from the marketplace of sin. And and it says of him that he is like a lamb without blemish. In fact, he is not like a lamb. He is a lamb without blemish, Or defect. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, And because of the purchase price, because of the value of the blood of Christ, we look to Christ, and we look to how we surrender to Christ, and we look to how we live in holiness, and we look to how we We'll live our lives, and, and the things that Christ values become the things that we value. His priorities become our priorities. His character becomes our character. We become like him, and that is what holiness is, becoming like Christ. Now, I I do intend here by the end of the broadcast to put on the, the message paraphrase so we can take a look at what it says. Verse 20 says, uh, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. I mean, even before the creation of the world, the father had his plan of the sacrifice of Christ for the sins of men. Uh, he was the Lamb sacrifice before the creation of the world is something that we read in book of Revelation. So he was chosen before the creation of the world revealed in the last times for your sakes. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that your faith and your hope are in God. It says, now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Now, sometimes I, I think that there are some people who think that I'm woke because I talk about love. And, and, and I think that there is a, a confusion uh wokeness is love that is that has no restraints, uh, and which in fact may not be love at all. Uh, wokeness is is saying that there are no limits. Uh, wokeness is saying that there are no standards. Wokeness is saying that if you don't accept that there are no standards, uh, then then you are uh, a what's the word. You are bigot. Well, no, there are standards, and it's standards that gives love relevancy, and we are called uh, to love one another. Verse twenty two, it says, "You purify, purify yourselves by being the truth, so you have sincere love for your brothers." I, I think that we can say that our our um, our purity. Uh, is made clear in how we love other people. Um, there are there there were days, in fact, there are still probably church groups that are like this. That it, it's okay to be moral, and you better be moral. and it's okay to not love the brethren, as long as you're moral, uh, as long as you you know look the part, as long as you dress the part, as long as you talk the part as long as you don't listen to the wrong music as long as you know you you don't do certain things or dress in certain ways that that uh you know somebody might regard as as being immoral uh, friends i have watched days of christians where they treated each other with great contempt but they were moral Friends, that misses the mark of God, according to 1 Peter 1, verse 22, and things that Jesus had to say. It is our love for our brothers, and we are to love one another deeply from the heart. This is what gives us our identification to the world around us. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't live a moral life. Certainly, we should, but it's a moral life wrapped in love love for for brothers and sisters that is the type of love that is the type of morality that we are supposed to live with in our lives this life of love verse 23 says you've been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of god you were brought to faith by something that is eternal you were brought to faith by the truth of god This is what brings you to faith. And because of these things, you love one another. Verse 24 says, all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. For Walter and I, this is the theme verse of our Alma Mater, uh, Lancaster Bible College, the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So we look to what is said in the scriptures. We believe in what is said in the scriptures. We believe in the truth that God has given us in the scriptures. We believe in the truth of salvation by faith in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, according to the word of God alone, to the glory of God alone, Uh, and so we have our salvation. For that reason, for the reason of what Christ has done for us, we prepare our minds for action. Because of what Christ has done for us, we are self-controlled. Because of the work that Christ has done for us, we set our hope fully on what is yet to come. Uh, because of the work of Christ, we don't conform any way any longer to the ways of this world because of the work of Christ. We, be, we seek to become like Christ in his priorities and in his character. Now let's just take a quick gander at the message paraphrase and see how this renders. It says, so roll up your sleeves, Put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, and you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life a life energetic and blazing with holiness. And I like the way that Peterson puts this because we tend to think to to put holiness uh, in the same camp is prudishness, and they are not the same. God said, I'm holy, you be holy. You call out to God for help, but he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. For your life is a journey you must travel with deep consciousness of God. Not just the deep consciousness of our own morality, but the deep consciousness of God. To be aware of God. And that, that's that's what makes living the Christian life all the more exciting. is, is, is not that we're just living according to a bunch of rules, but we're living according to the awareness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead-end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought. Even though it was only lately, at the end of the ages, become public knowledge, God always knew he was going to do this for you. It tells us in the book of Revelation that uh, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world says, it's because of the sacrifice Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God, that you know you have a future in God. Now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth, love one another as if your lives depended on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from, a mor- from mortal sperm. Your new life comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. That's why the prophet said the old life is a grass life. It's beauty as short-lived as wildflowers. Grass cries up, flowers droop. But God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. Friends, we are called to live in this new life in Christ. We are called to be ready. We're called to be prepared. We're called to be self-controlled. We're called to to live with the consciousness of God at all times. And may this, in fact, be what we do in our own lives, living with God and for God in this way. So a few prayer requests here at the end of the broadcast. Um we pray for for uh, Santhus and for the children there in India. Uh, Fran Riley has a prayer for Skylar Raul, who suffers from serious injuries from a motorcycle accident. Uh, his wife is Samantha. They have four children, family members, so we want to pray for them. Um, a dear brother by the name of Les Yoder had his tongue removed yesterday because of a battle with cancer that he has fought for several years. Very good man, uh, serving the Lord. Uh, He served, they live in Lancaster County, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, They have, he has served, uh, done a lot of things at Fairhaven Camp. Um, He has a mission, uh, agricultural mission uh, that he's done in Romania and Moldova and places like that. So Lord, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer for Skylar. Would you heal him from his injuries? Would you prepare his wife, Samantha, and the children for the road that they will walk uh, through this time of healing? And we do pray for his healing and whatever uh, residual outcomes that may be. We pray for Les and Suzanne uh, and Jordan and their family as they walk this walk of battling cancer. Um. Father, that you would hear our prayer for Santhus and the children and others and other places. Lord, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer for provision. Hear our prayer for healing. Uh, Hear our prayer for your presence to be made known. Lord, we look to you today. Help us to be self-controlled and alert, walking in Jesus today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, have a great day. We'll pick up 1 Peter chapter 2 tomorrow. Have a great day.